0: how are we this morning good that's good to hear Uh, I'm just looking here and the first thing I've got written down I was going through my message last night with Em and she's like you need to write slow down when you're talking because today's message I'm actually I'm really excited about what I'm sharing this morning and when I get really excited I tend to start speaking at a million miles an hour so I promise to try to slow down but we'll see we'll see what happens So for those that were here last week, I started this message called The Buried Life and talking about how there are things that we are called to as a Christian that we tend to bury for things like ego or comfort or security and things like that. And I talked about being surrendered to obedience rather than surrendered to worldly pursuits and that obedience is a choice that we have to make. It makes me think of Philippians 2 3, which says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, consider others above yourselves. So, those that were here would have heard me talk about what I consider the Christian GPS, being God, people, and self as the filter that we should put everything through. But the focus that I want heading into today is that we are all called to different things and equipped in different ways by the same Spirit but equipped in different ways. And obedience doesn't look the same for me as it does for you. So in light of that, how would you go with the challenge that I set to think about what God is calling you to be obedient in? So those that were here last week, think about that because we're going to spend some time in prayer for that a little bit later. But those who weren't, I want you to think about what's God calling you to be obedient in? So before I really get into it, I would just want to pray. Father God, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are ever present and that you stir in us at all times, Lord God. And I just pray that your words would come out of my lips today, Lord God, and that we can, we can go on a journey here of being stirred and challenged in our faith to go out and to impact our world in amazing ways. In Jesus' name, amen. So over the past few years, I've been on a journey to explore and understand a, a, a concept of audacious faith. I was reading my, reading my Bible a couple of years ago and the word shameless audacity came up and it, it, it stirred something in me. And so M will tell you that I don't shut up about the concept of audacious faith. And I want to explore that a little bit today. And it's where this concept of the buried life was birthed from for me and so when I first heard the term thrown around I always assumed audacious faith was those guys that go out there and they start revivals and they they put on all these huge displays of the Holy Spirit and they go on crusades but what I discovered though is that audacious faith is more than a concept and it's more than just those it's actually doing the little things as well it's about reading your Bible it's being birthed in Christ it's It's being obedient. And you see, audacious faith to me is the buried life. It encompasses how we as Christians are to live. And that's to operate from a place of obedience and actually be willing to be obedient and be willing to be servants of God. See, as I talked about last week, obedience is a choice. But that's step one. It's one thing to make a choice. And it's another entirely to actually act on that choice. And that's what I want to explore today. So in doing some prep, I found a quote from a book called Young Church in Action by J.B. Phillips. And I think it communicates the whole premise of the buried life. And why I chase after it and want to see the church be this. So it says, it is impossible to spend several months in close study of the remarkable short book, conventionally known as the Acts of the Apostles, without being profoundly stirred and, to be honest, disturbed. The reader is stirred because he is seeing Christianity, the real thing, in action for the first time in human history. The newborn church, as vulnerable as any human child, having neither money, influence, nor power in the ordinary sense, is setting forth joyfully and courageously to win the pagan world for God through Christ. The young church, like all young creatures, is appealing in its simplicity and single-heartedness. Here we are seeing the church in its first youth, valiant and unspoiled, a body of ordinary men and women joined in an unconquerable fellowship never before seen on this earth. It's pretty exciting. Yet we cannot help feeling disturbed As well as moved, for this surely is the church as it was meant to be. It is vigorous and flexible. For these are the days before it ever became fat and short of breath through prosperity or muscle bound by over-organisation. These men did not make acts of faith. They actually believed. They did not tick the box that says, say your prayers. They actually prayed. They did not hold conferences on psychosomatic medicine. They went around and healed the sick. But if they were uncomplicated and naive by modern standards, we have ruefully to admit that they were open on the Godward side in a way that is almost unknown today. No one can read this book without being convinced there is someone here at work besides mere human beings. It's intense. It's really intense. But I find so much truth in what is said. You know, it talks about how it's just ordinary men and women. And that's, that's what we are. That it's, anybody can go into the world when we've got the power of the Holy Spirit behind us and actually impact it for good. We can stir stuff up. We can change things. And when we're single-hearted in, in being obedient to God and to serving Him, what a difference that makes. You know, it challenges me. But it also spurs me on to more because here in front of us is the blueprint for what a church in action looks like. The ability to be flexible to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to not be confined to run sheets and protocols and programs, being fearlessly faithful in sharing the good news and a joyous determination to live in prayer. And so one particular story in the book of Acts captures my attention And it speaks to my journey towards audacious faith, but it also, I believe, lives out the above quote. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 3. We'll pick it up at verse 1 and finish at verse 10. And it'll be on the screens as well if you don't have your Bible handy. So Acts 3, 1 to 10. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, about three in the afternoon. And praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So to me, here we see Christianity in its truest form. It's obedience in action. It's faith in action. It's allowing the power of God to work through us. It's pretty exciting, yeah? See, I think so. Because we carry the same power and the same authority as Peter and John. And I want to ask you a question. What is the point of carrying something if we don't outwork and use what we carry? What I mean is that the Holy Spirit is available to us at all times. Wherever we go, the Spirit goes. Because when we receive Jesus into our life, God, by way of the Holy Spirit, lives in us. And our faith is activated through that indwelling and the anointing of being children of God who carry power and authority. It is the powerful presence of God within us that enables and empowers us to do the things that God has called us to do. See, each one of us is called to good and greater things. And these things look different for each of us. We shouldn't compare the things that others do to what we do. We need to focus on what we are called to do and be surrendered to being obedient to that. And regardless of what we are called to do, as I said before, and who we are, the same Holy Spirit resides in each of us. We have the ability to pray for people to be set free, to be healed, to be encouraged. Everyone can do that. We have the ability to understand the word through the spirit. Regardless of what we do or what we're called to, the Holy Spirit doesn't change. So how can we obey this Holy Spirit prompting when it stirs within us? Let's see what scripture says. Fasadas in Acts chapter 2 we hear about this upper room experience. There's, there's the disciples and a whole lot of others who have said, we want to follow Jesus. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just comes down and, and they actually get it. They'd been around Jesus. They'd seen him. But I feel like it kind of wasn't until the Holy Spirit hit them that they actually got it. And we're lucky. We're at, we're at the time when the Holy Spirit's here and, and wants to do stuff. So what are we doing with it? And we see in today's story, we see in verse 3, that as Peter and John approach the temple gate, the man sees them and asks for money. And from him, you know, that's what he expects to get. That's what everybody else seems to give. And it can provide food for him, clothing, support from people. And we see in verse 5 that he has an expectation of receiving something. So what do people expect to receive from us? When we're around other people, whether they know Jesus or they don't know Jesus, when we go somewhere, do people expect to receive something? Do you portray what you carry? This is a, this is a challenge as much to me. You know, my family and Em's family, as I've said a few times, none of them no god and so i sometimes wonder when i'm at home do i do i give off the holy spirit do i reflect that is it something do they expect to receive something i hope they do but this is this is for everyone that we can we can actually make a difference in this world if we're showing what we carry and the thing is in order to truly understand and appreciate what we carry we need to walk in obedience We need to be aware of what God has done in the past, what he is doing in us now, and have faith for what he's going to do in the future. And the thing with society is that it tells us that security, material wealth, and approval from others is what we need from people and what makes life worth living. But human sense, funnily enough, isn't God's sense. And as we look at the story in Acts 3, we see that God is always present. He directs the steps of his people and he is our strong tower. So given that we carry the power and authority of God, why do we sometimes default to the safe option of staying in our little bubble and going, oh, somebody else will do it or, you know, God will, God will make it happen. He can make it happen, but he wants to partner with us. You know, we're called his ambassadors. We're called to, to be his representatives here on earth. So we need to reflect that to other people and show other people what we carry. And there's a verse in John when Jesus is talking to his disciples that, that really encourages me on this path. John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. So you, here we have Jesus, the same guy who calmed the storm, who walked on water, who healed many, who resurrected people from the dead, including himself, and countless other things. This Jesus calls us to greater. That's exciting, Amen. So and in the above scripture, he shows us the potential that we have. Do we trust that potential? Do we believe that we have that potential? You know, as we trust in Jesus and as we allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in us, we unlock the supernatural part of our humanity. And that is exciting. We need to understand that like Peter and John, we have something to give. And it is the same spirit and power that they carried that we have to give today to impact the world. And just because someone has the title pastor or connect leader or sits on the front row or anything really, it doesn't make them any more spiritual or any better than anyone else. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave resides in each of us. And we may have different giftings and different callings, but we have the same spirit prompting and leading us and therefore the same power and authority. We can all pray for and lay hands on people. We can stand in the gap for people and we can believe in faith. You know, we may not all be comfortable praying out loud, but in private we can stand in faith for people. We need to realize the magnitude of what we carry and not be afraid of it. Because God has entrusted us with his spirit and with being salt and light on the earth. So we need to walk tall and carry this with obedience and with confidence. We need to not bury what we carry, but rather outwork it. Because God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen? That's really, really exciting. Sorry, I just need a drink. And the thing with being the salt and the light of the earth is that Jesus says that we are that, not that we will become it. We actually are the salt. We actually are the light. And that gives me and hopefully gives you confidence to share the gospel, to let the Holy Spirit freely work through you and to change the dynamic wherever you go. And you see, salt enriches the things it is sprinkled on. It's a flavour enricher. You know, in being light, we make things clearer and should be shining the things of God brighter. We often hear about people being afraid of the dark. But I often wonder if it's more that people are afraid of the light or of being the light. I mean, is darkness really that appealing? I just wonder what the world would look like if we were all the light as we are called to be. I wonder what it would look like if we outworked what we carried. I feel it's time, church, for us to, to live from a place of victory, power, and authority. And these are things we all carry and all possess because of what Jesus did on the cross. We need to have a supernatural perspective rather than being confined to the human perspective. So we need to have a perspective of faith of belief in the humanly impossible and obedience to the call. You see, miracles follow a child of God in motion. And so if we bury our call and bury obedience and bury what we carry, then we aren't in motion. And we're not going to see those miracles happen. And Peter shows us what this faith looks like. It's one thing to simply pray for someone and say, walk but it's another thing entirely to reach out your hand take their hand and actually lift them to their feet we need to have that faith and it's because of what happened in the upper room in Acts 2 Peter now has the supernatural ability to trust God to honor the prompting that he had felt and Peter also needed to trust the prompting and he did and the results are a man who had previously never walked in his life having the ability to jump and leap and praise God. And the fact that we have this same spirit, that's, that's really exciting. Because if you didn't already notice, this stuff, which is our potential, the ability to see revival, to see lives changed, we carry that. We have the ability to see that happen. We just need to have faith. I think with faith is that there's unbelief. And if you're not believing that these things can happen, then it's most likely not going to happen through you. When we bury that obedience, when we promote the fear and insecurity and comfort and ego in our lives, we deny people an opportunity for a life-changing meeting with God. We deny them the opportunity to to walk for the first time or to see for the first time or to speak for the first time. If you need faith, you're going to get an opportunity really soon to ask God for that faith to to step out and to have that obedience and to, to see things changed. And while we can take that away from Peter's actions, we also need to be like the lame man. See, he expected to receive something. Something of benefit. We are so often ready to accept and settle for much less than God wants to give us. And our low expectations often rob us and through that others of blessings. But when we make God a priority, he opens the door to our destiny and our potential. See, we have the privilege to walk in the supernatural as a means of touching the hearts of others and offering the chance to be restored much like through his love for us God gave us the chance to be restored through Jesus. What we carry is transformative. It's revolutionary. See the bridge of the song God's Not Dead says, "Let heaven roar and fire fall, come shake the ground with the sound of revival." We what we carry sets a fire in us. It's incomparable. And it's the greatest force the world has ever felt. So what are we going to do with it? Do we want to see revival? Do we want to see this world changed for the better? I do and I, I, I think it's time that we brought it, that we, we, we stepped up and we, we walked with that Holy Spirit and actually went into the world and changed it. See, we need to sharpen our swords and train ourselves to hear from God and to be obedient to the call and the prompting He gives us. Like I mentioned last week, we need to know God's love and have an understanding of who he is. We need to build our lives on the rock, Jesus. And for any, and for any form of breakthrough and revival, these are birthed in prayer. I think about the, the Azusa Street revival in the early 1900s. It's one of the greatest revivals ever seen in humanity. And it came from a group of people meeting together in prayer. And they saw so many things changed. So church, we need to pray. And in a couple of Thursdays' time, the 27th of October, we're going to get the chance to come together as a a church family and and, and pray together and pray into our city. Pray to see lives change. Pray to see the church be in action like it talks about in Acts. I'm really excited to see where that's going to take us. See, we need to be active in our faith in order to speak life and to bring the Holy Spirit to others we cannot operate or live in the promised land with a wilderness mentality and what I mean is we can't just float through life and our relationship with God and expect miracles to happen we need to be in prayer we need to be in the word we need to be sharpening the gifts and the tools that God has given us we need to expect God to live and move through us We need to be believing that God can and will work and move through us. We need to have this supernatural mentality and let the Holy Spirit flow through us. You know, I want us to be a church, and I hope you guys do, to be a church that embraces the Holy Spirit, that allows for him to roam and move freely and breathe life into us. We need to move towards it, to be obedient to where it leads and be unafraid to act. And if that's to, you're in the street and you get this prompting to go and pray for someone, do it. I know I've missed blessings when I felt God when I've been on the train or something like that. And he goes, you know, Jimmy, go and pray for that person. I'm like, it's a packed train, God. What are you talking about? I'm going to look like a goose. And then I don't do it and I feel something in me for a little while going, You just missed an opportunity to give somebody a meeting with God. Why didn't you do that? But then there have been times where I've gone, okay, I'll man up here, I'll do it. And I've prayed for people and to see what's happened with them. There's a guy, when I was involved with uni ministry down in Geelong, there was a guy in my second year at uni in 2009 where I'm just walking around as part of uni ministry and just talking to them, going, do you want to talk about life and spiritual things? And this guy was pretty antagonistic, but I managed to, to get a little bit out, enough of Jesus loves you and has a plan for you, out. And I didn't see him again. But then four years later, I had a Facebook message on a Thursday night. It was about 12.30 in the morning. He's like, I don't know if you remember me, but four years ago you We're at uni and you were talking about your faith and you told me that that Jesus loves me and I've been going through some really heavy stuff in my family and I've I've had to travel up to Sydney to see them and um, something triggered in my head and and I found a little bible in the cupboard there and I started flicking through it and I just wanted to let you know that I just gave my life to Jesus and if you hadn't have stepped out and actually said that yeah If you hadn't have actually stepped out and said that to me, I don't know if I would have ever heard that or ever been able to lean on that. And so it doesn't matter sometimes. We we may think, God, this is a lost cause. But we're not God. We, We can't do the things that he can do. Sometimes we just need to plant the seed and let God do the watering. Because it might be the first rung on the ladder. And then another one will come, and another one will come, and another one will come. We're not responsible for salvation. God does that. He takes everybody on their journey. We've just got to be faithful with what he calls us to do. So church, let's step out from our comfort and security. Let's walk tall, shining the light of God's glory. Let's have ears to hear the Spirit. And a willingness to step out in this power. You know, again, last week I talked about that we want to be obedient to what Jesus does. And when we're his followers and his disciples, we want to do the things that he did. And so Jesus was willing. And in, obe- and in being obedient to him, we need to have that willingness. In Luke chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, a leper comes to Jesus and says that if he, Jesus, is willing then he, the leper, will be healed. Jesus says he's willing, and the man was healed. So we need to have that attitude, an attitude of willingness to listen to the Spirit, a willingness to pray upon request, and a willingness to give of what we carry. If we want to see things change in the church, in our community, and in the world, we need to be willing to be vessels of the living God, to outwork the Holy Spirit, to bring it into the place. We have the ability... And I believe the responsibility to impact people's lives in such a transformative way. Like Peter and John, like Jesus, and like countless other people before them and before us, let's be ready and willing at all times to give of our giftings and outwork what we carry. The lyrics of one of the songs we sang earlier are, When you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. And when you walk into the room, every heart starts burning. And nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. And when you walk into the room, sickness starts to vanish. Every hopeless situation ceases to exist. And when you walk into the room, the dead begin to rise because there is resurrection life in all you do. Can I get the band to come up? The thing with those lyrics are the Holy Spirit does that and we carry the Holy Spirit. We have the ability to change things when we walk into the room. We have the ability to see sickness vanish, to see hopeless situations cease to exist. The thing is, the Holy Spirit does it on its own. But the thing with all three parts of the Trinity is that they want to partner with us. So with the Spirit inside of us, And when we are obedient to it, this can happen wherever we go. The question is, do you want that to happen wherever you go? Do you want to see things change? Our focus determines our reality. So when we focus on God and being obedient to Him, miracles will start to follow. See, we want to do things that are far greater than we on our own are capable of, yeah? Do you want to be used by God in a transformative way? We should want to do things that are greater than those of Jesus, that leave people in awe and wanting what we have, the love of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. We need to put ourselves out there and not live lives of safety, comfort, ease and trepidation, but rather put ourselves in positions where we need the Holy Spirit to show up. When we're praying for people, when, we, when we're standing in the gap for people and having faith, we want to put ourselves in those positions when the Holy Ghost is going to turn up and do something pretty fun. Church, we have permission to step out. All of us have permission. God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we would use it to see miracles and revival happen. That's exciting. We need to get excited for that and and actually walk with that. But do we give God permission and the Holy Spirit permission to actually move through us? It's a two-way street. He gives us permission. He's like, here, I've given you my son. I've given you the Holy Spirit. Now go. Do we give him permission to work through us? The thing is, we don't need the comforter, which is a role of the Holy Spirit, in our lives if our lives are already comfortable. See, Acts chapter 2 is when the church changed. And I feel like Acts chapter 1 is the vision that the church should have, and Acts 2 is the type of church that the church should be. And what changed in Acts 2? Well, Pentecost happened. And Pentecost is the day that God showed up in a way never before seen or heard. And the people of the church embraced it and ran with it. If we want God to move and do even greater things through us, then we need to realise that today is Pentecost. Tomorrow is Pentecost. Every single day is Pentecost. For God shows up in our lives every day without fail. And it's, it's what we do with that that matters so right now I want to pray for people if you need a touch from God if you want that faith stirred and the courage to to step out and to see the Holy Spirit move then we've got leaders here that are happy to stand with you and pray the band are going to sing for us a little bit and they're just going to play and we're going to linger and spend some time praying for people So who wants more of God, more of the Holy Spirit to go out and impact the world? So the band are going to play. And as you feel ready, come up and we will pray for you and stand with you.